Katie Jock paused in the hall beside the door to her grandson Harmon's room. He was inside, singing. Katie, Katie, give me your answer true. She supposed he was singing about her. Harmon always used her first name. He was an unusual boy. He often told her that he intended to grow up and run the world. She knocked lightly. The singing stopped. Come in, Katie, Harmon said, his voice wavering between boyish treble and callow adolescence. It's cold today, she said. I thought that you might like some after-school hot chocolate. She bore two Campbell's soup mugs on a tray. One held his hot chocolate, the other plain green tea for her, no sugar. The Campbell's mugs were Harmon's favorite. He said that he liked the little soup boy with his bright red and white checkered suit. At 64, Katie Jacques could still be called a beautiful woman. She'd long since passed the point of caring about that, but she saw her young, old face reflected in the mirror over Harmon's bed and smiled even so. He'd been working on his town model again. Once she had suggested that Harmon turn it into a model train layout. That's for wussies, he replied in a calm voice. She never mentioned it again. I just finished the new church, he said, pointing at a three-sided Spanish-style structure. That's the Baptist church. Next, I'll do the Catholics. It's wonderful, she said, leaning over the model, which took up much of the north wall of Harmon's spacious room. The house was too big, she thought, remembering her childhood room with its narrow girl's bed and white Queen Anne coverlet. She'd barely had enough room for a gold velvet-covered stool and her cheap Sears dresser with its cracked white paint and fake gold trim that peeled off after a single summer season. Harmon's room seemed larger than the entire house she'd grown up in. But of course, she could say nothing of that to him. What child would understand something like that? Here is the church, he said playfully. He sipped some of the hot chocolate, then laced his fingers together. Here is the steeple, he added, bringing his forefingers up in a point. Katie laughed. They'd played that game before he'd even started kindergarten. Now here he was in sixth grade. Her heart jumped. She ruffled his hair and sipped her own tea. Open the doors and see all the people. Harmon turned his hands over and waggled his fingers. Then he lifted the roof of the model church and showed her the people inside. Dozens of tiny Disney characters all lined up neatly. Goofy, Donald and the Seven Dwarves, Mickey and Minnie stood by the altar. Look at them, she exclaimed. How about this? She put one hand over her nose and pretended that she pulled it off. Harmon didn't respond. He replaced the church roof, staring intently at Katie, and relaced his fingers, waggling them once more. They moved furiously back and forth. Then he moved his hands to and fro as if he was rocking a cradle. What are you doing? she asked, still laughing. Guess, he said, grinning, his green eyes shining happily. You're playing rockabye baby, she said. His eyes darkened. A fishing boat? she asked, her voice wavering. No, he snapped. Look. I don't know, she said. 
Please let him not be getting angry, she thought. His eyes were narrowing, the fingers still waggled. Then, at once, they went stiff. He thrust his hands in her face. I set the church on fire, he snapped. And they're all running away. Katie shivered. But as you can see, he added, they didn't quite make it. His long, sensitive fingers curled back and forth, twisting, almost writhing. Oh, Katie said, sipping her tea. How creative.